guard dogs. It's really a privilege to be here, folks. Um, I, I actually have watched this this church grow. Uh, Linda and I met with Sheldon and his wife. Her name is Gatesman. Uh, several years ago when we first started this ministry because, like the video said, we want to encourage people in ministry. We've been there long enough to know that it's not easy. Uh, sometimes the, the rocks get bigger and bigger get, that get thrown at you. And sometimes the gossip gets wider and wider that gets talked about you. And sometimes the rest that you need escapes you. So that's what we do. Uh, thank you again for letting us be here. Uh, this morning, I really... As I began to prepare, I thought, God, what would you have me say to Journey? Because I don't want to come in and think, okay, here's what y'all need to hear. But God kept saying, you need to talk about the feet. And if you saw this morning, the, the, you know, there was a little theme about feet. God, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that I want to talk about feet. It's kind of a crazy way to start a sermon. But I do need to know, how many of you, if you went to a party or somebody's house, and you walked in the house and they said, Oh, please, would you, would you take off your socks and shoes? How many of you would just turn around and go home? Because you just, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking off my socks, shoes. Not, not going to happen. So, yeah. And then I thought, I was telling my wife this week, I said, I think God wants me to preach with no socks or shoes on. And, and then immediately I heard say, God say, no, I don't. <laughs> you want the people to stay. Okay, so. So yeah, I'm, I'm well covered up this morning. Um, I have sensitive feet. I also have ugly feet. And I don't care if yours are ugly or pretty. I don't want to see them. That's not something. Anyways, let's, let's move on. So, but here's a funny story. One of the best pickup lines I've ever heard. And actually, I was kind of proud of it. So my, uh, my daughter went to a friend's house one time. This guy was there that she didn't know. And they kind of struck up a conversation because he said this, look at those feet. No, actually, he said, look at those toes. Well, um, six years later, they're married with twin girls. So to me, I guess that's the best. Is there a picture of the twins that you, that you got? Yeah, there they are. Yeah, that's Eden and Rose. And man, I thought having kids was cool. Shoot. Those of you grandparents, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I, I texted my daughter. I said, can you send me a good picture of the girls? <laughs> and I could just feel her laughing because I knew that it was probably going to be this one because you don't get a picture of the two of them together. They just, they're just all over the place. But so much fun. Such a blessing that we get to keep them. Um, in our, with our ministry, when I'm meeting with a, with a, a minister or a ministry leader or a pastor, Linda will be with our children, I mean with the grandkids, and then when she meets with a pastor's wife or, or ministry leader who's a, who's a lady, then I'll go over there. So I think you saw the picture earlier during the video. Yeah, there we, there we are. So there's my wife right in the middle, uh, son, daughter, wife, and then that's my mother-in-law. We are blessed to have her still with us, so she's a great-grandmother and lives there. So all of those people right there live in the same city. What a blessing. Anderson, South Carolina. So that's my wife. You can meet her afterwards. So glad she's with me this morning. So feet. Feet. And then I thought, okay, this is going to be Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday. Next week is Easter. So 
what a great time to talk about faith. Yeah, right? Sweet. So Isaiah, Isaiah 52, verse 7, will be up on the screen. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness. Another version says, who brings glad tidings of good things. Glad tidings. I thought, yeah, we we don't really say that much anymore, but what are glad tidings? If you look up glad tidings, simple. Something's going to want to hear. So I pray this morning that this is something you're going to want to hear. You're going to want to hear this. Who proclaims salvation? So that Palm Sunday, those 2,000 years ago, that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to touch on the triumphal entry when Jesus entered Jerusalem. But also, I want to share with you some insight about the days leading up to it and how important feet are in the biblical narrative. So let's look at Zechariah 9.9. That's going to be up there as well. Yes. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a coat, the foal of a donkey. So Zechariah wrote that more than 540 years before Jesus even entered into Jerusalem. You know, that, that always blows my mind. You know, you can look at Scripture and see things in the Old Testament that point to the New Testament, and a lot of times we don't focus on the Old Testament. Let's be real. We like the New Testament. But if you look at the New Testament, it will go back to the Old Testament. So you can't have one without the other. So look at where this takes us. This takes us to a place in the New Testament. You might have read it recently or might be familiar with it. But John chapter 12. And we're going to come back later and read what comes before that. But John chapter 12. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Zechariah, John, Jesus came to town riding on a donkey's colt. Not the actual donkey, but the colt of the donkey. The donkey would have had some experience taking people wherever, being a pack animal. But the colt, it says in Luke that Jesus told the disciples, hey, go and get that colt that's never been ridden on. So imagine the colt, the Savior of the universe, riding into Jerusalem and being that colt. Wow, what, a, what an honor. You think the colt knew? I think he knew. Because the one that was sitting on him was also the one who created him. So to come into town on a colt or a donkey would have signified peace. Uh, if he would have come in on a horse, that would have signified war. But he came in peace, peace. You know, the donkey can signify servanthood, servitude, peace, calm. And that's how Jesus came into Jerusalem. Who knew? Who knew? The crowd that day. They knew something was coming. I don't think they had any idea of what was about to happen. 
them, they were hoping that Jesus was going to be what? He was going to be the political savior. Because remember, they were under Roman rule. They were under the big thumb of Rome, Caesar. And so they were hoping for a big political uprising. Actually, one of the one of the disciples, I think, was Simon, correct? He did the same. He wanted Jesus to be the political savior. But what Jesus was actually coming for was was bigger. But why the palm branches? So let's let's just look at the palm branches for just a minute. So they would have commemorated victory. And why victory? Because the people that, that were ushering Jesus in would have remembered a festival in the Old Testament that was called the Festival or the Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths. Booths being a, a booth. Um, and those booths were commemorating the time that they were in captivity. So God actually put them out into booths and, and called it a booth, and they covered it with palm branches. And it signified the fact that they no longer had to wander around or be under rule or be enslaved or be servants or be slaves and work for them. So kind of interested me that palm branches could mean so much, but today that's, that's why we celebrate. Because for us, even today, we can say that palm branches for us would signify victory, would signify triumph. Because we no longer, if you know Jesus, you no longer have to wander around aimlessly looking for food, and you're no longer a servant. You're no longer a bond servant. You're no longer a slave sin. We have victory through Jesus. Am I right? That is why Palm Sunday is important for us. Because it commemorates the ushering in of the Messiah. The time where we would no longer be under somebody else's authority. We could be under his authority. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And here's cool thing I found too, Revelation 7 verse 9, this won't be up there, but it just says that a great multitude will be standing around the throne of God clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Isn't that cool? We're going to have palm branches and we're going to be saying things like, Hosanna. And he's going to say, no, no, I've already saved, we're done. That's, that's done. Because Hosanna means save now. And that's what the people were saying as Jesus rode in on the donkey. Save now, Hosanna, blessed is he. We're going to say, thank you. Thank you. We have salvation. We are actually living in it right now in Revelation. We're going to be crying with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. It's interesting too, Psalm 118 those in the crowd that day would have known this scripture. So we used to sing this a long time ago. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the day. That day he rode to Jerusalem, began his path to the cross, but we have the benefit of looking back and seeing that. At the time, they weren't real sure. 
They weren't real sure. Hey, Mom, why did why am I doing this? Blessed is he. Okay, okay, Mom. I started to bring a palm branch today, but I figured I would leave it in the car and shrivel up. And I've already lost it. Still there? Sorry about that. Lost my place of worship. Thought I'd do it. This day, it started the path to the cross. So, yes, we have the benefit of looking back at the story. I would encourage you. That's why we celebrate together on Sunday. It's because next week, something happened that has never happened. Someone gave their life. Gave it. Literally gave it. He laid down his life and said, there's a reason for this. And those people that day, including the disciples, did not understand. You know what? Sometimes I don't understand either, and I have the benefit here's what I know. He loves me. <laughs> he loves me in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done. He loves me through it all. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. Those people, though, they were, they were there, but they also were there for another reason. They were there to celebrate Passover. So maybe one in the family was, was waving the palm branch. Another in the family might have had a lamb perfect lamb because they were going to Passover to sacrifice that lamb to the Lord. Little did they know John said it in John chapter 1 verse 29 he, one, 29, he said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Y'all if, <laughs> if this doesn't if this time of year doesn't light your fire they say in South Carolina then your wood's wet. <laughs> the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, did they see Jesus' feet when he came into Jerusalem? Did they see his feet? The feet that would be the first to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. The death, burial, resurrection. He proclaimed that when he started that path to the cross, that Palm Sunday, as many of us will. I'm going to go back a little before this. John chapter 12, familiar passage, you know it. Mary took the expensive perfume and gave all she had. Wasn't just a drop, wasn't just what she could afford, wasn't what somebody had loaned to her. could have been used for the poor, according to one of the disciples. But she realized that her extreme act of worship was rejected. It was extreme. And she realized who she was worshiping. The feet. The one who was going to proclaim good news. So the disciples, you know, we, we blame Judas because he's the one that said it. Wait, could oh, come on, y'all. Couldn't that have been used for the poor? And, of course, John wrote, he wasn't worried about the poor, y'all. He was concerned about the 
Festus. I better say something. But they didn't understand. And you know what? It is so easy to put my, myself into that place. I don't understand you, God. I don't understand how my simple act of worship could lead to so much. You know, the Psalms. through Saturday, I don't know where he is. I hope that's not you. I hope that your act of worship is Sunday through Sunday. Sometimes we don't understand those, those extreme acts of worship. Somebody might do something and somebody might give a brand new car to a, a widow or a young single mother. And we're like, We don't understand. We don't understand why Mary had the foresight and the understanding to see whose presence she was in. And too many times we criticize the disciples for the things like that. We criticize Peter for denying Christ three times. We think, well, I would have stood up. Well, what about Jesus? Would you have done that? Really? How often, though, do we get in the way of Worship. He works through those extreme acts of worship. And that's not just our Sunday morning beautiful music. It's not just our prayer before we have a meal together. It's our Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. God, I'm tired, but I'm going to open my Bible today and see what you have to say. That's an act of worship. God, I got to get up early in the morning because I got to drive to Tucumcari. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go be in my word. I'm going to spend some time with you. You know what? That's an extreme act of worship. You know, I was on staff at a church in South Carolina for six years, and we had Fridays off. And so our pastor would say uh, to the staff, if you come to church tired on Sunday, it's your own fault. Because you've had Friday and Saturday off. So maybe I go to bed 20 minutes early. Do that for me. Is that an extreme act of worship? Well, it is for me. I don't like getting up early. And I'm old. Er. So what do we do with Jesus? What do we do with Jesus? Mary, in the story of Mary and Martha, Mary actually sat at his feet. What was Martha doing? Martha was worried with all the things that had to be done. She wasn't thinking rest. She wasn't thinking Sabbath. You know, that's what we, Linda and I, in our ministry, that's what we try to encourage ministry leaders to do. Rest. You cannot operate out of an empty vessel, out of an empty cup. Rest, get renewed, and then pour out. And I believe that's what Mary was doing. I believe she might have been helping Martha before Jesus got there. And then when he got there, she realized who came in the door. Oh, Jesus, when's the last time? When's the last time you prayed? 
could have got up and served him. But the Bible says she chose the better thing. Jesus said she chose the better thing to sit at his feet. In Luke chapter 8, it tells a story of a man who decided what to do with Jesus' feet. He decided to fall and surrender his feet. There's uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood. She, she just wanted to touch the hem of his garment, the Bible says, because she knew the power that came from that. To fall and surrender. How many times have we just fallen and surrendered? Because Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. My baby's sick. My mom's dying. My dad is dying. My grandpa is gone. What am I going to do? And just sat there and said, Jesus, I surrender. I can't do this. I don't understand this. I don't know what I'm going to do. doesn't always have to be learning yeah she sat and learned but sometimes we can just stop and and fall and surrender and say okay i'm done i can't do this anymore and jesus goes i knew that i'm just glad you finally figured it out and then like mary we could either sit and learn at his feet we could fall and surrender at his feet or like mary Sitting at the feet of Jesus, where can mortals be more blessed? There, there I lay my sin and sorrows, and when weary, find sweet rest. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, there I love to weep and pray. While I from his fullness gather, didn't want to read that. I didn't want to include that because it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. I don't spend enough time at Jesus' feet, and I want to. I want to. So jump to John chapter 13 at the Last Supper. We all know what happened there. Jesus took the form of a servant, humbled himself, wrapped a towel around himself, and washed the disciples' showing them humility. He wasn't just showing them how to serve others. Yes, that's important. It's amazingly important to serve others, to wash each other's feet, to serve each other. But what he was doing was washing. Washing. John 13, 7 and 8. Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. If I do not wash you, you have no share This was a foretelling of what was fixing to happen on the cross. The cleansing of Atonement to our souls because of what he did on the cross. The blood that he shed. Hebrews 9.22 Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the blood... Without the blood, there is no forgiveness. Let that.
let sneak in right now. Without what happened on the cross, there's no forgiveness for us. So without Friday, we can't have a Sunday. Without the crucifixion, we can't have a resurrection. Yeah, it was a dark day. I know, I know you go through dark days. I go through dark days. Some are darker than others. But without those, we also can't have the victory that Jesus promises. Because one day, Revelation says, we're going to stand before the throne of God, and we're going to say, thank you, thank you. And we're going to proclaim the victory that Jesus gives us. Ah, yes. Can we get there already? (laughs) He's like, no, we're not done. We're not done down there with the people that haven't heard. They haven't heard that message yet. They haven't seen your face yet. So at the table that night, what kind of feet did Jesus wash? I thought this was an interesting question. So one of those guys actually loved him. A man named Green Johnson. That's what he was called. One of those guys actually questioned him. Man, you're popular. One of those guys would deny him. pick and choose based on how good they were. Oh, well, you love him. Oh, you know him. You know him. Well, Peter, uh, Peter actually said, hey, you're not washing my feet. He said, if I don't wash your feet, I'm, you're done. Okay, wash everything. Wash everything. Don't we feel like that sometimes? God, wash me. Complete me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, David said in Psalm 51. Just renew a right spirit within me. You know, if only the crowd would have known about those feet. The feet that would carry the cross and then give way to Simon who would carry the cross for him. Those feet that would have nails driven in them. And then those feet that would be buried. Matthew 28, verse 9. talking about when he said in three days the temple's going to be destroyed but it's going to be risen back up I don't know he was playing that kind of like he was playing the antichrist a little bit but they they sat at his feet they grabbed a hold of his feet it was those same feet that in Luke chapter 24 walked to Emmaus and the disciples walking with him didn't even know who he was but he still shared the scriptures with them that's what the Bible says he shared scriptures with them Verse 39 of Luke 24, Jesus actually says, See my hands and feet, that it is I, myself. Another 
see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flowed mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet before born in both so child? Beautiful line of that from Macerata's See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet before thorns composed the liquid ground? So how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. How beautiful were the feet that brought good news to Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. Isaiah chapter 52, that's what we read from to start with. Well, in Nahum chapter 1, it talks about the same thing. It talks about the beautiful feet. It was, it was about a wartime, bringing peace. So they understood the need for peace and the feet that brought that. And then, then Paul, in Romans 10, quoted those because he said, if they don't hear, if they can't hear the gospel, then they're not going to accept the gospel. So who takes it to them? People with beautiful feet. You know what? If you have Jesus, your feet are beautiful. Because you have the gospel and you can proclaim that through everything you do. So, today, where does that bring us today? I don't know what your figurative feet look like. might have come with dirty feet. You might have come and said, I'm beyond what God can do for me. I've done so many things. You don't, John, you don't know my past. You know what? I don't have to know your past. If I know your past, that's more likely for me to judge you. So I don't want to know your past. I want you to know your future with Jesus. So you might have come here with dirty feet, feet that said, Yeah, but when I was 25, when I was 28, day before yesterday, you don't know what I did. I don't. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old feet have gone, the new feet have come. Can I get an amen? We have new feet. When we're in Christ, we have new feet. So your feet may be dirty, but guess what? Guess who can clean them? Jesus. You may have come with tired feet. Following Jesus for a long time and saying, I'm tired. Or I've been following Jesus for a couple weeks now and I I don't get it. I'm tired of trying to figure it out. You don't have to. Matthew 11, 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He will take care of your tired feet. He will also take care of your bruised feet. Some of you are hurting. Some of you need healing. It might be from a relationship. It might be from a diagnosis. It might be from church hurt. It might be from a lot of different things. But again, Jesus is not afraid of your bruised feet. Psalm 
Psalm 30, verse 2 says, O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. Imagine, David said that. Y'all know David's story? His dirty feet, tired feet, bruised feet. There also might be feet in here that have actually betrayed him. doesn't hold that against you when you give your life to christ when you say i'm laying down surrendering to you just as the song said this morning he cast your sin as far as the east is from the west and that's not defiant anymore so that betrayal he's not afraid of that he washed judas's feet anyway so he's washed all your feet and then what about feet that deny him that I am the Messiah, I'm going to build this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's why we're here today because Peter was reinstated because Jesus did not hold those three denials against him. He doesn't hold your sin against you either. That's not who he is. And then there's feet that run away in a time of crisis. that that's exactly why he was dying to forgive their sin and later Jesus didn't remind the disciples of that you guys I can't believe where were you come on I was hanging on a cross and y'all who knows where y'all were no he didn't remind them he said peace actually walked through the wall walked through the wall that'll give me peace spite of ourselves he loves us no matter what we've done he loves us no matter what we're going to do because he's already been there and he knows it let me end with this passage Proverbs chapter 4 it says ponder the path of your feet and all your ways stop, let me do an inventory, let me just take note of where I am and, and ask you how I'm doing. And God, would you allow your Holy Spirit to convict me and maybe I, maybe I need to turn and go this way. So ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot So, dirty feet, bruised feet, tired feet. But what about these feet? 
what about the feet? Well, I'm going to ask you today what you would say, the feet that run to follow me. Testament Greek, all, you've probably heard this before, but all means all, right? All. He's worthy of everything, not just our Sunday morning. Yes, he loves when we come together and have communion with others and fellowship with others, but you know what? He loves Tuesday afternoon at 4.30 when you just say, God, I can't do this anymore. It's a long time till Sunday. What am I going to do? Phone a friend the lifeline so feet that run to him feet that are going to follow him I'm so thankful that God called me to follow him so many years ago thank you for that and those feet as Jesus left and gave the great commission he said tell them I am disciple tell them the good news make believers of them make disciples and then baptize then those will be feet that bring the good news of God to someone. Where we started and now where we're ending. Feet that bring good news. When you come to Christ, your feet are transformed. They're no longer dirty feet or bruised feet or whatever feet. together and then outreach that's what Christ calls us to do he calls us to take him believe in him and then share that with others I'm going to pray God thank you I thank you for who you are thank you for the fact that you weren't afraid of our feet because God you know me I'm afraid of feet I'm afraid to get dirty I'm afraid to do that kind of thing but God you are not you love our feet you love the fact that we can sit before you and sit at your feet and worship God thank you for what you're going to do here today because I believe there's somebody in the this morning that needs to either remember that because they've forgotten or they've never heard it. So God, would you speak now? Maybe somebody just needs to say, God, I've never surrendered to you. I've never said, here I am. I want new feet. I want what they have. I want to follow you. I want salvation. I want forgiveness of my sin. And God, that is what you give us. So God, this morning, us to allow your spirit to work, to work in a way 